Amen. Well, I felt the anointing in this place. I feel the anointing in this place. Second Kings chapter 2, if you're physically able, would you stand for the reading of the word? Second Kings chapter 2, and I'm going to begin reading around verse 7. And just for a few verses, 2 Kings chapter 2, beginning at verse 7. I'm reading the New King James Version this morning. And 50 men of the sons of the prophet went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water, and it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. The word of the Lord, we may receive your seats. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna continue and close this idea for this uh, morning. The year of double manifested favor. This is the third iteration. The year of double manifested favor. What's interesting to me is the Bible teaches us some lessons that have to be grappled with when one looks back upon the text and then looks forward. And there are lessons that ought to be seen that we ought to hold on to. And let me see if I can recap just very briefly what a lesson might look like. The lesson might look something like this. The fact is that Elisha was in a field working just a few weeks ago. He was in a field just doing his job. He was labor in a field. Matter of fact, the lesson is that he was on a 12-man team. That means there were 11 other people plowing alongside of him, and he made up the 12th plowman in the field. And if you can see them all stretched across there, they're all in the field, working the field, and Elisha's there toiling in the dirt, plowing up the ground. He has his plow, he is working. And unbeknownst to him, while he is working, toiling the field, tilling the ground, God is speaking to the prophet Elijah about him. He's in the field. He's in the dirt. He's toiling the ground. He's working the plow. And while he is in the field with 11 other men, God is speaking about him. You're about to miss it. He is in the field, working in the dirt, toiling in the ground. He thinks his job is going to be that of a common laborer. He thinks his job is going to be that of a tiller of soil. But while he is there in the field, in the dirt, toiling in the ground, picking up the ground, moving it and reshaping it to plant seed in, God is speaking about him to the prophet. Let me help somebody right here. I don't care where you are right now in your life. Where you are today has nothing to do with your destiny because what God wants for you, God can speak it into existence while you're still in the field, tall in the ground, digging up dirt. You missed it, went over.
over your head. You've got to realize if God has something for you, it doesn't matter where you're currently located at. You could be bagging groceries in a grocery store, and if God wants you to be an NFL football player, you'll make it all the way to the Hall of Fame, went over your head. You need to realize when God has something for you, God has destiny attached to your life. What God intends for you will come to pass if you accept the will of God in your life. <sighs> He's in the field, but God is speaking about him to the prophet about his life. God is about to tell the prophet, this is my new prophet. His name is Elisha. I know you've run into him before. You'll find him. Go and get my new prophet and then tell him that I'm going to use him. And the Bible decrees and declares that Elisha goes forward doing all the other things. Y'all about to miss it again. He goes forward anointing new kings. He goes forward visiting no places. And finally, after he gets finished, this happens in 1 Kings 19. We get over here to 2 Kings 2. Now he shows up over there where Elisha is. Y'all get this real quick. Just because it seems like there's a delay in what God is bringing to pass does not mean God has changed your destiny. Whew. It appears to be a delay, but it's not a delay because the timing of God is different from your timing. What God was doing is God was putting in order the business that Elijah had to complete before he assigned Elisha to the next task. And Elijah needed to finish his business and do the things that he was called to do before he could leave the earth realm. And so what appears in somebody's mind to be a delay is not a delay. It's really God finishing the deliverance that he was going to give through one person before he anointed the next person to run the relay of prophetic ministry. <sighs> you got to see this right here. Sometimes I know it feels like the blessing that you're waiting on is never going to happen. And what you need to recognize is don't get frustrated. Just keep doing what you're supposed to be doing until you've been given a new assignment. As long as the assignment on his life was to till a field, he tilled the field just like everybody else. Until you give me a different assignment, I'm where I'm supposed to be at this place right now. I'm going to work the field you gave me until you assign me somewhere else. And what some of of us do is we walk around frustrated when we really ought to be doing what God has assigned us to do first. And if we do the assignment we currently have, we will get promoted to where God wants us to be. Quit fussing about where you are. Handle the assignment you have. Stop looking at somebody else's assignment and handle your business. Here he is. He's there. He's in the field. He's tilling the field. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. When, he, when he's there tilling the field, he's working hard. The Bible then says that Elijah comes up to him, takes his mantle off, and puts it over his shoulder. All right, let me, let me work with this for a moment because this, this will preach by itself. Listen, he's in the field. Twelve people out there. He's the 12th person 
on a 12-man team. And God walked past one, two, three, four, five, six. Let me help you here. I said this before, but I can't help it. I don't care where you are standing in line. If God has put something for you to do and a new assignment, guess what? You're next in line. Look at somebody, tell them I'm next in line for a miracle. You didn't tell them like you mean it. I mean, I'm next in line. You can talk about me if you want to. Come here, David. They left you out in the field. Everybody got dressed. Everybody was all showered and shaved and getting ready to have a meal with the prophet. And they left you in the field tending out there to your daddy's sheep. And nobody even came and told you the prophet was in town. But David don't have to worry because you can't start the party until I get there because I'm next in line. I don't care where I came in, in the birth order. I come in God's order. Now, now, now what's interesting to me is that he comes he comes, he comes, he comes. The Bible says that the man of God comes to him, throws his cloak over him. And when he puts his cloak over him, the man of God knows what it means. He knows what it means. He knows that the prophet has put his anointing. His garment was a part of his prophetic garb. And it represented his anointing. And he placed his anointing over him. And when he did, knowing just what it meant, the pro Elijah, Elijah looks up and says, wait a minute, if this means what I think it means, can I go kiss my mama? Because my life is about to change. Can, can, I, can, I, can I go say goodbye to some people? Because my life is about to change. Look at somebody right now, say neighbor. You need radical religion. At some point, you've got to be willing to give up what you used to be to become what he wants you to be. At some point, you've got to be willing to become singularly minded and focused enough to do what he's calling you to be, even if that means that you have to separate yourself from some people in order to get to where he wants you to be. Sometimes it means that some people can't go with me. There's some places I'm going, you can't hang with me. I know what he's called me to do. I don't know what he's called you to do. And right now, I need to get right. <sighs> he, he said, uh, just, just in case y'all think I'm coming back, uh, let's just burn this plow right here for wood. And since my cow's out there, let's, let's cut him up. Let's go on and have steak. This will be my last steak dinner with y'all. Let's. Let's go on and serve it up right now because I ain't coming back. 
I did, Jesus uses this analogy to say anyone who puts their hand to the gospel plow and look it back is not fit for the kingdom. At some point, you've got to get an attitude where you say, I'm looking ahead. There's no looking back. The past is over. I'm going ahead. Look at somebody and I say, neighbor, you may know my past, but my future is bright. The past is over. My past is over. I'm moving ahead. I'm moving ahead. I'm moving ahead. I wish I had a radical saying in here to look at somebody and say, I'm moving ahead. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm getting ready to move ahead. I'm getting ready to move ahead. Let me, let me tell you about radicalness here. Let, let me tell you about radicalness. Huh. He, he gets there and he starts to following him. And the Bible says everywhere he went, Elisha was with him, hot on his trail. The, the Bible says that when they were walking, uh, they, they kept walking, they kept moving. When they got to Bethel, the prophets of Bethel saw Elisha with him, and they kept on walking. He was there, and here's what Elijah says. You can stay here. You don't have to go no further. Just stay here. And Elisha says, not so, my Lord. I'm going to be with you. Whether thou goest, I go. They got to Jericho. The man says, stay here. I got to go a little further. He said, no, 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 no. I'm with you. Now, now, the prophets at Bethel could see. They weren't the next selected for the position, but they could see. So they pulled him to the side and they said to him, Elisha, do you know your master's about to be taken away? He said, I know, and you be quiet. I know you can see, God showed it to you. But right now I need to stay connected to what I'm getting ready to walk into. When they got to Jericho, 50 of the prophets come out again. Again, they said, do you know? Your master's about to be taken. Yes, I know. And be quiet. Come here, y'all. I know you're about to best miss it. You need to realize that just because you have somebody telling you not to do a thing, Sometimes people will say you don't have to do it because they're being polite. They don't want you to do anything that's going to be too harsh, so they're being polite. Sometimes people will say don't worry about it because they want to see your real heart. Do you really care? Other times people are saying, don't worry about doing it. They're actually in the midst of testing you on behalf of God to see if you're willing to go the extra mile without complaint. Y'all ain't going to help me, so let me just see if I help myself for a moment. Yeah. You see, when I get radical enough, 
I've got three things I got to keep in mind. Hold these in my focus. This is A, B, C. And I'm not going to elaborate on them, so just hold on to them. A, I've got to keep in mind that I can't get distracted. I can't get distracted. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care whether it's the prophet in front of me or the men around me. I can't get distracted. Are you just trying to distract me? You're throwing me off my game. I can't get distracted. I got something going on. Something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. The prophet kept saying, stay here. He said, no, no, no. But now watch this. The prophets, the 50 of them came out and said, look, your master's about to leave you. Which means they were bringing up the issue of grief and loss and death. Which means, gives me something else I need to realize. Is that not only can I not get distracted, but I can't get discouraged. Yeah. I feel like hollering up in here already. I got to be careful not to get discouraged. Yes, grief comes with life. Trials come with life. Disappointments come with life. Every day is not always peak sunshine. Some days rain does fall. And I need to recognize in the midst of it all, God is still present. God is still working. God still loves me. God's still working a miracle out for me. I don't know how he's going to fix it, but either he's going to fix it or he's going to fix me. But in any case, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be all right. I can't get discouraged. But, but, but this is ABC. And then I, I need to recognize, he says, stay here. He stay here. And I need to recognize I can't get distance from my destiny. My destiny is always attached to proximity. And there's some places I need to be at. There's some things I can't let go of. And staying next to the prophet right then meant that I was staying next to the anointing of God. And if I could be this close to what God is getting ready to do, I do not want to get away from where I'm supposed to be. I'm in the position I'm supposed to be in. Look at somebody say, neighbor. Find your position. Hold your position. Destiny is attached to proximity. Well, I could preach all day now. I feel like hollering. Let, let, let me let me let me see if I can work. Just y'all y'all mind if I work a little more? Listen, listen, listen. And, and then then something happens. Something strange happens. I, I, I know I'm, I'm a little late, but, but something strange happens. The prophet looks at him because he won't back up. And he says, Elijah, what can I do for you before I leave? Wait a minute. You didn't ask him that question in Bethel. You didn't ask him that question in Jericho. Why all of a sudden you asking this question now? Let me help you right here. Because if you hold on tight enough, you'll get close enough not to get just enough, but to get more than enough. You have to quit being satisfied with living with just enough. And say, God, I want more than enough. 
I want more. I don't want just what I used to have. I don't want a regular anointing. I don't want to just shout sometime. I don't want to speak sometime. But God, I want more than I used to have. I want to be deeper than I used to be. I want to feel it deeper. I want to know you in another way. I want to be able to call upon you and have you answer me. I need an anointing. I need more. Give me a double portion. Look at somebody say, neighbor, you can be satisfied if you want to, but I want more. I want more. I want more. I want more. I'm not satisfied. I want more. I want greater. I want more. Double it, double it, double it, double it, double it. I want more. Now I could sit myself down right there. But before I sit down, he makes a radical request. And you need to help me right here. And just took it somebody and said, neighbor, don't make a regular request of God. Just go ahead and get radical. There's something I was praying about that I want. It's personal. I just want it. I don't need it. Don't need to have it. I prayed about it. I wanted it. And uh, there were two ways in which I could do it. I put down the way in which it could be done, the least expensive. Then I put down the way I really wanted it done. And the Lord asked me a question. Why did you ask for the first when you really wanted the second? Y'all missed it right there. Went over your head. You quit asking for things that you don't really want. You quit asking for the least when you really want the best. You quit asking God to give you just a little bit when you need a little more. You quit asking for stuff you don't really want. Go ahead and get radical. Ask your God, call upon me, and I will answer and show you great and mighty things that you know not of. I want great things. Look at somebody say, I want great things. 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 Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask or think. I want great things. Give me a double portion. Give me more, more, more. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. This is my year. This is my year. This is my year of double manifested favor. This is my year. A double manifested favor.